Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello, and welcome to the Wednesday podcast here on Posha Recaps. My name, as always, it never changes, <laughs> is Marissa Garza, and I am I am joined one last time here on the Wednesday podcast, but not, not one last time forever, but one last time for this particular show by the one and only LaTanya Starks. LaTanya, how are you? I'm great. My name, as sometimes, is LaTanya Starks, and I am here to talk about a show called Wednesday, which was not the day I was born, so I'm annoyed. Oh boy. I think I was born on a Tuesday. Yeah, you were. I was also born. We figured we had this. Yeah, the club going up on a Tuesday. We forgot. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We got. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) All the greatest births. (laughs) (laughs) Well, as is tradition with a wrap up show of ours, we cannot have a conversation about this show by ourselves. So we brought in someone who knows a lot about TV, knows a lot about life, knows a lot about Abbott Elementary. She's been podcasting about that here on Poetry Recaps. Please welcome. The one and only Gia Worthy. Gia, how are you? Hello, Marissa and Latanya. I am so happy to continue our tradition of me joining the wrap-up show. <laughs> it's the most important one, in my opinion, just as you two are so important to me. So I'm very happy to be back. And talking about Wednesday, I'm a big Adams Family fan. That that is at the very least, uh, yearly viewing to watch the mm-hmm. Adams Family and the Adams Family Values. So yep. I was very excited that we were going to be expanding on the Adams Family universe. So it any any and all Adams Family content is welcome in my <laughs> book. So I'm very happy that to that we're like going more into like a uh, one type of universe in there. And I will say that I was not born on a Wednesday as well. I was born on a Monday. So that mm. means that means I am Monday's child, which is fair of face. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Thank yeah. you. Just and then ridiculously gorgeous. Born. Thank you. I did not wash my hair today or anything. So I really <laughs> needed that compliment. <laughs> It's true. (laughs) I only podcast with attractive hosts as well. It's my rule of thumb. So, you know, I'm amongst amongst, like company here. (laughs) And you two are both, if you're Tuesday's children, you are full of grace. We try. We're curious. Yes. Grace leader has transformed (laughs) into a mist and has infiltrated my body. I'm full of grace. (laughs) If you don't channel your inner grace during podcast, what what are you doing? That you know, is like, true. Why are, yeah, truly, that I is true. Know. WWGD, am I right? <laughs> <laughs> well, Gia, uh, we're so glad that you're here, and I love that you love the Adams family. What were your takes on the show? Like overall, was this what you were expecting? Yeah. What did you think coming, of this program coming into it? 
I didn't. So I was very excited when I got to see the trailer for the first time. I feel like I got really hyped up from it. And I still, I did really like the show overall. I thought that this idea of Wednesday going to a private school was really fun. I really enjoyed the lore of Nevermore and the Jericho, the town that they cohabitate or pretend to cohabitate mm-hmm. with so I really enjoyed the lore that was built throughout the show and kind of like the different worlds that we're seeing so that was really interesting to me I as someone that loves just the Adams family in general I wish we got a little more of the whole family justice for lurch yeah. I might add but yeah. But I I did wish – I wish we got a – I understand that Wednesday is kind of her own entity at this point. Like uh, Christina Ricci, who played the one of the big characters, as we'll later learn mm-hmm. in this series. Uh, she was the original Christina Ricci in the 1990s films. And I think, like, that that is one – you know, she was a bit of a scene, scene stealer in that as well. So – I really enjoyed I really enjoyed the show and the focused on Wednesday. I think she's the perfect character to have that focus on. But I also miss get seeing so much of the other Adams family. Like I think all of the family members that, that were cast did really well in their roles. So I was very excited about this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, the episodes where the family does come together, I think, stand out a little bit more for me than the other ones, mainly just because you get that weird, kooky, spooky dynamic that yeah. we know and love. Yeah, yeah I great. think this. Yeah, it was definitely. It's a good spin. It's definitely. It's definitely like a Tim Burton take on the Adams family. A little darker. I think a little less campy than what I like in the Adams family but I still really enjoyed it and it was fun and my family group chat also confirmed they all liked it too (laughs) good fun for the whole family that we've been saying it for for weeks yeah do you think that was the goal for this to be like a family a family affair a family show or was Uh, it like at a targeted audience I think there's definitely in I don't even know who the target audience would be I think it's like that it's a show (laughs) It's a show that it, it's for it's really like the target audience is people who like Tim Burton films or the Adams family. I think that is the target audience, really. Yeah. People but, tolerating Timothy Chalamet Burton because they love the Adams family. Exactly. I am of that camp personally. <laughs> but I think for people that love the Adams family or love Tim Burton films, this is kind of a best of both worlds situation. I think that it has the ingredients to be a really popular show. So I was not surprised at all by how successful Wednesday has been on Netflix personally. But I think that it's a show that you can either watch by yourself or with friends. Um, but it's also like a good show to really be talking about. It's like a good conversation starter. And I think if you want to watch it with your family, then it's also a good watch. There's not anything too awkward where I'm like, all right, guys, like we need to watch this yeah. separately. I mm-hmm. did watch it. I did watch it separately, but we all watch from the same Netflix account. So it's almost like we're watching together. Yeah. And then we go through the group chat and say, this was lovely. <laughs> I, I love, love it. that. Yes. 
Marissa and I are just going to be saying the same things at the same time during this podcast, everybody. I hope that is what you tuned in for. An independent Gia and then some type of dual Marissa LaTanya situation. Thank you for bearing with us. We're both Capricorns that were born on Tuesday. Yeah. What are you, you going to do? Oh, my God. Wait, can I ask what your birthdays are? Yeah, <laughs> you can. <laughs> no, mine is December 22nd, so it's very oh, okay. soon. Oh, happy almost birthday. Thank you. And I'm on the other end. I'm in January, January 19th. Oh, my God. I am January 23rd. I'm at the very Whoa. beginning of, yeah, Aquarius. I'm at the very beginning of the Aquarius spectrum. That Love makes it. so much sense. Yes. Mm-hmm. Love it. it does. I've heard that a lot. Do you think Wednesday's a Scorpio? I yeah. think she'd love if she were. I can't think of like a darker <laughs> I, know, right? I was like, I don't know what else she would be. I don't know. Like, there really aren't. She had a pet scorpion, as we learned mm-hmm. in this yeah. show. So I think, well, like, is there even really like a darker zodiac sign that would well, I think fit like, her better? Uh, with Scorpios too, that like the mischievous end of it, like yeah. comes into play too. Not saying like I don't know, I don't know that much of, I don't have a lot of Scorpio in my chart, nor do I don't think I know a lot of Scorpio, so I don't want to say anything bad about Scorpio. Like, but I'm just saying, I'll do it. I think no, it's it. <laughs> I don't know. I'll say something terrible. I think- <laughs> she could definitely be a Scorpio. Yeah, just like I very. So. I I could make the argument for Aquarius Wednesday if I really Ooh, wanted to, yeah. but. Or a Virgo see, Wednesday. I, I think. can see a Virgo Wednesday, definitely. I can see that, yeah. Yeah. So well, any of those will do. Maybe there's a chart out there. We'll see. This podcast is brought to you by us talking about astrology. Well, <laughs> all right, let's get into it. So when we get to, when we're talking about the show, uh, Gia and Latanya, you both brought it up. And I know, Latanya, we've talked a lot about Tim Burton, Timothy Burton. Timothy Chalamet Burton. Timothy I said that Chalamet today to Burton. Mike Bloom, and he was like, please never say that again. The image <laughs> that it conjured in my head was just too terrible. And I was like, huh? Yeah. <laughs> That's the yeah. point. Exactly. So what did we think of the Tim Burton of it all? I know, you know, we've talked a little bit about his comments on his aesthetics and his universe and the racism of it all. Um, So I just how do we think that played into this telling of Wednesday? So for those of you who want a little bit of background, uh, there was an interview that was done around 2016, I think, with Tim Burton, where he was asked about the fact that his movies were just white and didn't seem to have any black people in them until the Miss Per what is the name the Pettigrew or Miss Pettigrew's Pettigrew's school yeah that one had you know like his first uh, second black villain um, in Samuel L Jackson so mm-hmm. uh, he was kind of asked about the fact that there was really no diversity or inclusivity in his uh, works and he said. Um, that he personally gets more offended when it's there's forced diversity and gave an example of like the famous Brady Bunch was maybe going to be um, a sequel to the Brady Bunch wherein a family adopted an uh, Asian child and a black child. And he said, seeing that on TV, you know, he grew up watching black exploitation and no one is trying to put more white people into those movies. So forcing diversity um, is the same kind of thing. And so got a lot of backlash about that and now has been getting even more backlash because of uh, the Black characters in this show, namely Lucas and uh, Bianca. Bianca. 
being bullies at the beginning of the show and you know things kind of washing out from there wherein there's a bit of a heel turn but still when we first meet them they're more antagonists than anything else i think it's one thing if you're like hey uh forced diversity not cool but then to do this with characters with diverse characters is not necessarily writing the wrong that he thought he was writing in the in the situation i just think that the argument is pretty weak on his point to say you know like hey you put people that don't look like you know breaks the aesthetic aesthetic or um is forced diversity but then goes and does like things like have a plot point that only connects to black characters or puts a black character in a villain-esque role both of black characters in a villain-esque role at at the start I, I don't he didn't do himself any favors is really what I think he knew this was out there the show comes out and I don't think he came out on the other side any better from my from my perspective yeah Gia what do you think I have a lot of feelings about this. I will say that when we were initially learning about a show focusing on Wednesday, the fact that Tim Burton was the creator, showrunner, however you want to put it, it's just not, um, it it left a bad taste in my mouth because like Tim Burton leave what I hold dear to me alone, please. (laughs) That is my, that is, that is my kooky family. Like, please stop. Like, Stop yourself now. I am not a Tim Burton fan in part because of these comments in general. Like I do not look to watch any of his past films because specifically because of those comments that you made that he made. I don't. This idea of forced diversity is something to discuss, but I feel like the only time I hear people complaining about forced diversity is in situations like what Tim Burton is saying, where he's making excuses for not uh, casting black people and then using forced Mm -hmm. this idea of forced diversity as like a cop out. And I can't like, I'm sorry. uh, Jack skeleton was in, like a fucking holiday. I'm sorry. I don't. Am I not allowed to swear? Yeah. yeah. Go for like, it. You can have sorry. that one. Okay. Thank you. He was in uh like a holiday world. You're telling me that they can't have some black voices playing something other than the boogeyman. Like. Yeah. I, it's With just, that it's name. Like, yeah. I'm sorry. But like what of any of Tim Burton's projects are like require everyone to be white like these are all fantasy roles gothic roles like these are all made up worlds you can put (laughs) people that you can put non-white people in your cast like please let us I I don't like him I don't like him and I don't like that type of excuse either and the idea that black people don't fit into this aesthetic of fantasy worlds is just Mm -hmm. an awful excuse that people love to use again and again when you know, if you can have dragons, you can have black people. Let's just, you know, mm-hmm. I'm sorry. Like the two, they're not sorry. mutually exclusive. Yes. Uh, that being said, I loved Bianca as a character. I I love a mean girl, you know, like with a redemption arc. Like I honestly, Bianca could have just been a mean girl the whole time and she would have been my favorite. Character. I love Bianca. So, I know. I love her. I think Lucas is also really interesting. I hope that 
he is brought back with some main storyline in the next season as one of the only normies that we were introduced to that is still alive and has some semblance of like a redemption arc in there. Mm -hmm. So I, I like the characters that we have, but in terms of having deep conversations about black, specifically black characters in media, since that's really what Tim Burton was pointing towards. I don't think I'm not putting my faith in Tim Burton to tell those stories about the complexities of black characters in shows like I wouldn't trust him to tell those stories and I will look to other writers directors showrunners to find the stories that I like like that is just not going to be the Tim Burton is not going to be the person that I'm looking for um I I think that he is not someone that I would trust to have black characters as like their main cast you know I think he should but I think that this is probably the most he was willing to do, and I don't expect too much from him personally. That sounds like such a downer answer, but no, uh, it's, it's not. Yeah, and, yeah it, and it's it's also just kind of interesting because I don't know if I just blocked it out, but I had no idea until we were getting ready to do the podcast for the first episode that Tim Burton was involved in this. It seems like such a Tim Burton e concept. That it yeah. makes sense. But no, he's never going to be the person that you're looking to to tell stories about, you know, the deep inner life of a young Black woman at a school like Nevermore. Um, it, it just it just doesn't, like Marissa said, do him any favors when he does try to tackle, you know, the issue of just casting with a, a wider brush uh, and and then does it in a way that makes the storyline so reductive and and boil down to just getting the only two black characters that you have featured in your show who are young together. Yeah. Uh, like the whole cult storyline, which is something that could have been really interesting because we only got to see what a siren song did in like episode seven, finally. Yeah. Um, but it would have been really interesting to have more of that character development happen with Bianca and or Lucas or whomever. But like Bianca as a character is great. And Joy Sunday, that's her name, right? Is yeah. doing a really great job playing her. And I want more Bianca. Like I want as much Bianca as we have Enid, I think. I want a Bianca plot line that is like specifically her, not whatever, you're not her chasing after Xavier, who honestly is so boring. I just don't get the hype. <laughs> it's like, Bianca, girl, you can do better. It doesn't even have to be Lucas. Like, you could just do better. You're a siren. Like, let us get, like, let us get some Bianca Barclay plot points in there because she is super fascinating. I agree with you, LaTanya. Like, I would like to see her as much as we see Edith, who I also really adore. Like, she is also a great character, and she has some fun plot lines throughout the season. So that's the type of stuff I want to see from Bianca, not her just being a foil that uh, that Wednesday overcomes every time. You know, like, come mm -hmm. on now. We're more than obstacles in your way for so that the – light-skinned characters like let's call it what it is can like get to their <laughs> goal at the end of the day yeah because like I don't know it's like he, he 
I don't I don't even know if he tried. <laughs> like I I want to give him some tried credit because he tried to make Bianca a complex character, but it was very disorganized in him- what like he he gave her because it was like okay you're a mean girl so like clear solid but then also you don't get along with your mom which i guess is a prerequisite for going to nevermore <laughs> and then also um you were like part of this cult and like none of the things like tied together nor did we go very much farther than step one in any one of those things and so i just wish we got a little bit more like with enid okay we learned she couldn't wolf out but then we got her mom really judges her goes down on her but then hanging out with wednesday helped her overcome that because she was able to talk differently change her inner her inner talk track to be comfortable with herself it's just it's like he was like okay I'll do something, but didn't like talk to anyone about how to do it. Right. It, like it could have been yeah. so much better is, and I want it to be better. And I think that that's part of my thing with the series as a whole is it could have been just a little bit, I enjoyed it, but it could have been a little bit better. Yeah. I'm more liable to give credit to the actors that played Lucas yeah. and mm-hmm. Bianca than I ever will to Tim Burton or any of the showrunners that think that they're like showing growth as an artist or whatever because I just don't I just don't trust him to tell black stories the way I want them to be told which is not what Wednesday's about but I I do want a diverse story I love big ensemble cast so I enjoy that but like am I expecting the most from Tim Burton in season two not really well and then I guess like the big social question there is like what do we do with that what do we do do we like we gotta keep watching i don't know you know what i mean like that's what i ask myself as a viewer you know like do we keep watching do we not keep watching do we watch but then make sure we're having these conversations how do we how do we exist in 2022 and stuff like that because this is the most watched show in the history of netflix right so it's clearly crossing demographics we we know that we can't figure out who the target audience of this show is even though it's starring someone who's very young at 20 and looks like they're in high school is playing a high schooler. So it's, you know, in the same way that like a Riverdale, for example, or Sabrina is a show that is probably geared toward like tweens and older, but a lot of adults still do catch it. I think it's, it's important for us if we're going to be in this like space of shared experience, uh, you know, Mm -hmm. uh, of watching this show that is like a huge hit that does star a Latinx, you know, actor for like, I think the first time in this role. Um, Mm -hmm. It's really exciting that that is the case, but, you know, also let's like be honest, like a white passing Latinx character, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, and am I going to stop watching the show? I don't think so. Especially if people want us to continue covering (laughs) for show recaps, I'll like, you know, take that L and continue watching. But um, yeah, I think it's important that we have discussions about it. Even though we don't necessarily trust this creator, it's still, for me, watching someone kind of do the electric slide around their resume, uh, which a lot of people in Hollywood have had to do recently, is entertaining in and of itself. Mm -hmm. And to watch the bumbles that happen on the way, like the just fumble, complete fumbling the ball in trying to figure out how to make it work or to make that writer's room work and, you know, like start in the back, like start backstage in terms of your 
the writers that you're hiring and their diverse experiences and things like that, um, as opposed to you just being the sole arbiter of taste on a show. Well, speaking of that, like he was seriously the sole arbiter of taste <laughs> in the show because I don't know. Did either of you see the conversation around like how Jenna had to wear her hair? I know that there were like copyright issues with like past iterations of Wednesday that were like protected, but Tim Burton was like up in there when it came all the way down to like Wednesday's look. So his, and, and I guess that's what's gotten him his quote unquote success is like having a very particular and narrow point of view, but he, he was the arbiter of, of taste on this, on this show. I haven't actually seen the conversation around Wednesday's hair. Um, do you have like a a summary oh. of it? Or I thought I did. Hold on. TikTok. <laughs> Everything is. Or like just a like it's a, a summary. Quick summary. Just that. Yeah. Uh, so apparently, when she came out of hair and makeup, Tim Burton was very like, "No, this is wrong. This ponytail is too high. This one's too low. You like your fringe is not good enough." He's like taking the comb and taking the brush and taking the hairspray <laughs> away from the person who like does hair, and then like doing the fringe himself, and then like spraying the crap out of this woman. And mind you, the whole time she's doing this. She's actually like doing the acting on screen. She's not allowed to blink because he wants a Kubrick aesthetic aesthetic and doesn't really want his characters blinking. Um, So she had to learn how to not blink, even though it's something the body automatically does. There's just a lot of like small things that only Tim Burton and Tim Burton stands would care about that caused him to put uh, Jenna Ortega through what seemed like a hellish several months in Romania for this show yeah that that sounds like a lot I mean it's like (laughs) I mean I I have heard little bits about like I know she was sick when they did the dance sequence at the Mm -hmm. raven dance and a couple other things that I've heard as well I didn't know like the true extent of it but I think that we often hear about this idea of actors, in particular performers, like suffering for their art or for the work, the final presentation. And I, I think as a general rule of thumb, I want to encourage creators out there to push away from that narrative because the well-being of your cast is the most important thing. And I understand being strict with aesthetics in some purposes but there there is a line and you know there's a level of comfort that I think performers should be entitled to and I I think that as a general rule of thumb we should stop praising creators or showrunners of like how hard can they make their performers work to put out Mm -hmm. a good show like I I don't see how putting your your actors your employees really uh through hell is the sign of a better product yeah it's uh it's like hustle culture on steroids we don't need it yeah (laughs) yes yeah and and it's just it's a little bit different when jenna ortega talks about it because she doesn't she's not doing i don't think anyway the like oh woe is me 
This was so right. difficult. I didn't shower for eight months. Like I, you know, I, I had to like look exactly like this. She's just being very matter of fact as mm-hmm. like a grown up child star of like, no, this may all look great, but this is how hard I had to work. I was up at 4.30 every morning for eight months in Romania and performing a dance that I choreographed while I had COVID. Like, yeah. this, this is hard. And this is something that you seriously need to consider if you want to do this job. And also, if you're an actor out there who is wondering whether or not their employer is pushing them too far, like she's just being very matter of fact in all these interviews about this stuff that's happened. And a lot of the stuff that is coming out that's being said about what Jenna Ortega had to do didn't even come from her. It just came from like other people telling stories about what happened on set and, and us being like, wow, she like this woman really was put through hell. Like she went in as a vegan and had to change to a pescatarian just because of where she was living. And in Romania, in Romania. Yeah. So like, yeah, she just made a lot of sacrifices, it seemed, to to bring this character to life. And the question is, like, with the final product that we have, was it worth it? Is this the, like, the think, end numbers justify the means of, like, putting an actor um, through all that? I mean, it will be used as a justification, mm-hmm. I, I think, because capitalism. Um, do we think Jenna Ortega could have done the same performance without being un- under that type of scrutiny a hundred percent i do i don't think she needed to be put under that to to make that happen which is why i think so many people are are coming out and seeing you know the the environment that she had to work in because it's like yeah she did great but did you know she did great on top of like <laughs> you know how much greater maybe it could have been if yeah if, if she, she was if she could blink <laughs> Imagine. Imagine blinking <laughs> while you are on the payroll. <laughs> not in my studio. No, not, not here. High. Not up in here. I haven't been I haven't blinked at all since this podcast started. <laughs> or the craft. <sighs> yeah, method podcasting. It's a new thing. It is. We're gonna win it. We're gonna win whatever it is. It's a competition and yep. we're winning. We're yeah. winning so well. I know this podcast started at 4 p.m. my time, but I woke up at 4.30 to prepare <laughs> so that I could just, I needed to feel the suffering before I, I got behind the mic. We did not ask you to do this. They demanded it. It's in I, the show notes. I actually yes. demanded it. I have yes. it on tape. Yep. <laughs> Tanya said, it's for the work. It is, yeah, <laughs> I, I did. You write. You I left. Queen. I left a whole like FaceTime image message for her, and I was like, "Gia, Gia," and then I went on and like said several other things. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not making a reference to any woman in Hollywood from this year. <laughs> well, I mean, I appreciate both of you for having this conversation because I do think it is an important one to have in parallel to the success of the show, and I don't think it's, you know, two two things can be true. Uh, multiple things can be true at the same time it could be a very great show and be very very successful but then also have these elements of working conditions and views on race tied into it and so I just I'm thankful to both of you for having this conversation so we could just kind of expand upon our coverage a little bit is there anything that we missed out in this bucket diabetes oh (laughs) diabetes I I did just want to say before we meet before we move on is that like the 
kind of summary of what I am thinking, because it did take me a while to kind of come to my own conclusions about the show, even after I finished the first season. But I'm not saying that people have to be a downer when they're watching the show. Like, that's Wednesday's job. She would hate for you to take on her role for her. And I or that Or that you have to be the person that is you know, saying, well, like, we have to keep this in mind. Like, I'm not saying people have to feel guilty while they are watching Wednesday and enjoying Wednesday. I myself really enjoyed the show as well. I just think that, like, these are conversations that we should have and that while I am not under the impression, like, I am personally not expecting much better from Tim Burton, I still think it's important to have these conversations and hold Tim Burton up to the standard of we expect better, you know, or we, we should have better because we are also consumers and we want those, you know, it black representation or representation of POC is incredibly important. And especially to someone like me when I'm looking for what shows I want to enjoy. So while I am not looking to Tim Burton for, you know, my favorite black characters, I think that it's important to still hold him accountable for, you know, these are the things I liked about the show and these are the things that I think can improve. Agreed. Agreed. Latanya, what did you want to bring up? Oh, yeah. So um, one of our wonderful podcasters brought this to our attention. Um, Diabetes is not really something to joke about. Uh, First, because it is a you know, an illness that people suffer with and have to endure, but also because there are a lot of comments that people make out there where they just assume a person's uh, size or a person's um, like diet is what makes them a diabetic. Like there are just people eating themselves into diabetes. Yeah. You know, need to stop. This was stemming from the scene in the fudge shop where Wednesday does a fantastic job talking about like uh, cultural appropriation and mm-hmm. stealing of land and everything in German. In German. Um, but at the same time, there is a joke about like, I can't eat this much fudge or I'll get diabetes. A right. uh, couple of things. Diabetes, you can be born with it, you mm-hmm. know, just like straight up born with it. You don't have to eat any fudge or anything. Second of all, you can eat as much fudge as you want and you still will not get diabetes. Right. It is yeah. not how know, it works. It's not how it works. And this is a joke that has been around for way too long and was a little sad to see. And we missed it in our, our first uh, mm-hmm. go around. So thanks um, for for bringing it up at the at this time, Latanya, because it is something that in passing can just be like, oh, ha ha ha. But you're right. When you're dealing with people every day, people make assumptions all of the time based on, you know, what they're eating, what they're not eating, things like that. Diabetes is not caused by what you eat. It yeah. is just not. Yeah. Tell some doctors yeah. that because like this is a myth that is so pervasive that people who have been to medical school still make comments about things like that. Like I've been told before by doctors like, oh, well, you're you're probably going to be close to being diabetic. I'm like, no, I'm not. And stop assuming that I have diabetes just because of the way that I look. Also, what is going on? Yeah. And I think jokes like the one about that was made about diabetes in the show, you know, it stems from like this deep rooted idea that fat phobia is acceptable in our Mm -hmm. culture and like especially at the expense of making jokes and what it really does is that it just dehumanizes people um, that we that society has been told 
are not thin or healthy or that they aren't a specific body type. And it's awful because, you know, even in just everyday life, we see people making personal judgments about individuals based on like what they eat or how they look or what they wear. And it, what it really does as a whole is it not just dehumanizes people, but it almost makes others think that like if they're, if they don't look a certain way, they're like morally superior because they're not categorized as fat. Mm-hmm. Whereas it, none of this actually has anything to do with health. And if someone that would categorize themselves as fat does have diabetes that does not mean that they are somehow a lesser person than an individual or that you know they have failed in life or that they are a lesser person than someone else because they are a fat person with diabetes you know so it's just like some of these jokes that I think we have to think about and like this is something that I did, especially when I was younger as well, saying like even just comments that I thought were harmless of like, oh, I feel so fat because I ate so much food or whatever. And like that, like, I think that we should just be a little more accountable in kind of like checking the jokes that we're making and wondering, okay, is this is this harmful or Mm -hmm. am I contributing to a practice that I say I don't believe in. Like I don't, I do not endorse fat phobic jokes or jokes about diabetes, but uh, you know, am I doing that in practice as well? So I I think that that's something that many people can also, like can also think about as well. Yeah. It's hard to also ignore given the conversations around aesthetics when it comes to Tim Burton's work, when it comes to, just fat phobia in general you very rarely see a fat main character that is not a villain in a tim in a movie to begin with but um (laughs) specifically in you know you won't see it from tim burton at all and so for for there to be dialogue around it um was disappointing yeah for sure yeah there there really wasn't a lot of body diversity in nevermore as well that's another thing that i i didn't pick up on right away but then as we moved a little bit more into the show it really there really wasn't a lot of body diversity in general um even amongst the supporting cast or within the you know the extras that we see at the school And it's very interesting because this whole like concept of outcasts right like we have this concept of people who don't fit in normal society but we didn't even explore all of the four factions of outcasts in the show like there are who is a fang i don't even know one character's name that dj Uh, that's it that's all we got doesn't even go to the school right like we don't even like there's that but then there's like little to no talk about like um disabled like disabled representation body representation any you know anything like that I, you just look if you're going to take Wednesday Adams and put her in this outcast and the same can be true about many of these other properties mm-hmm. about schools magic schools <laughs> and <laughs> things like that like you have an opportunity here for inclusion and it just never happens and that's yeah. that's you know it's very disappointing With everything you have on your plate, earning your degree online seems impossible. But at Grand Canyon University, we specialize in helping you fit a master's degree in business into your busy day. 
Your graduation team, led by your own GCU counselor, provides you with the personal support you need to succeed. Achieve your goals with a plan and team behind you. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Visit gcu.edu. All right, now that the, the heavy portion of our programming is over, uh, we were fortunate to get a lot of feedback from um, some listeners. So I know, Latanya, you had picked out some from, you had someone reach out to you on Instagram, and then we mm-hmm. had Fitzy re- reach out to us in the Discord. So um, I'll start with Fitzy, and then you can talk about what you received on Instagram. Okay. So uh, Fitzy reached out to us and said, feedback show or full feedback question for the full show. So we never found out who stabbed thing or when and how are we just going to assume it was Christina Ricci's character, Miss Thornhill? If so, why and when would she even know that thing was a thing that she should be concerned about? It's a lot. Like in this whole like session, it's just like, and answer. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Sure. Is the answer. Sure. (laughs) Go ahead and assume that it was some combination of Christina Ricci and or the Hyde, uh, but probably Christina Ricci, because that's what we're left with. Um, I don't know who else would want to stab thing. Um, and they were they did that to get the the Hyde diary right from the. Yeah. The, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, that's what all I could think of as to who it would be. But it, it is one of those many questions that we had and didn't write down that <laughs> we wanted answers to by the end of this season. And that just, you know, there are so many things that just don't get answered. Like, did they really, really kill Principal Weems? Like, is Weems really dead? Are they just going to, is there just going to be stunt casting of a new principal with a different game of Thrones Oh, my God. It's like time? a new new defense against the dark arts jk rowling's the worst but i know that i know that plot line in harry potter (laughs) no i love gwendolyn christie too so i'm just so sad that she died this see or presumably died uh they didn't say anything to hint that she wasn't going to die but or that like she survived or there was a chance of her surviving but I'm like very I'm just very sad about it I was hoping she'd be a regular character throughout the series I think her and Wednesday could have a lot of fun together yeah I was gonna say especially because now that she she knows that Wednesday isn't just full of it and like causing havoc for no reason at the school like she could actually team up with her and get things done and you know it's cool to go back and look at some of the moments like how she's smiling at Wednesday at the Raven with kind of a, like, I've seen this before with like your mom, uh, like happen, like them being roommates. I, it, yeah. it was developing into what could be a cool relationship, even if they weren't going to tell us what happened with that dude she transformed into before she transformed back into herself. But yeah, now we're left to wonder whether or not she is even going to be back at all. It seems like all the indications are that she actually did die. So I'm wondering if I, even if Weems is dead in the show, I can definitely see them using Wednesday's visions to their advantage. Will they'll be able mm. to kind of bring her back when Wednesday has visions and that can she can be sort of a guide in that way or that we'll see some flashbacks of Ooh, something yeah. that happened at Nevermore. So I wouldn't say that this is necessarily the end of 
Gwendolyn Christie's character. And I think a lot of people just love Gwendolyn Christie. Like I am one of them so that there will be a demand to still have her in the show. So I could definitely see her at the very least making a return back. But I think the very sad attempt at tying her story together with them saying that she died protecting what she loved with, which was the school is an indication that the character might be permanently dead. Yeah. Which I don't like. I would (laughs) rather there be. Yeah. Yes. So I'm not a fan of that in particular. Well, one thing I can say is it wasn't principal Weems that stabbed thing that much. I know. (laughs) No, it was probably Christina Ricci. We're sure. Okay. But then again, freaking puritans man like live this life don't like be nice to people god 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 but then i'm gonna stab a hand what's up with this yeah i don't you know that's that's all i gotta say about yeah. in the back i don't know do you think that yeah in the back which we learned um <laughs> do you think she has the capability to stab something i think is where my mind was going but that is like does she or does she only have the capability to set up science experiments and order people around <laughs> her getting stabby when the moment calls for it I wonder if it's going to tie into the stalker plotline that we slowly get introduced to at Mm. the beginning uh, or at the end of the season finale Um, I'm not saying that that is going to play into You know, that is the person that stabbed thing, although it definitely could be. But we really didn't get we really didn't get an answer to that or an explanation of how this could even be possible. And we were being questions about are Miss Thornhill and Tyler part of a bigger mission or if were they acting alone, which I'm sure means that this is part of a bigger mission and so I don't know. I'd be interested to see how they move forward with that. Yeah. I just hope thing heals up. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we know how you got those scars, I guess, but still. He's <laughs> always there. Well, thanks, uh, Fitzy, for the question. I know we had some more. Uh, Latanya, what, who, I think you heard from Zachariah on I Instagram. I did. I got a message on Instagram from the one and only Zachariah Crutchfield. And it, I was given permission by them to uh, to read this today. Oh. Hello. Hello. Listener of the Nothing But Netflix Wednesday podcast. And to get myself through finals, I'm spacing out, vibing, and watching Wednesday. And following along with you and Marissa and having a blast. Oh, I have a few questions slash comments about the show before I watch the finale. Number one, what is an outcast? I feel like They're all just kind of vaguely superhuman, but is Wednesday's power that she's goth? Her parents didn't know she was psychic when they sent her to to school. So she admitted because her family uh, is vaguely haunted, question mark? Uh, Number two, (laughs) I really think Timothy Chalamet Burton is using lycanthropy as a ham-fisted metaphor for queerness and literally has Enid dressed in rainbows as we get this from one insanely troubling conversation about conversion therapy. And she just convinces her mom that she's not going, but imagine, I imagine the poor girl is traumatized. And then almost worse is how being a siren is a metaphor for being black. 
she and the mayor's son have that conversation where they re, uh, relate and have literally nothing else in common. And the fact that Bianca's mom is just like some guy's weapon, don't like that implication at all. And finally, three, I think that the principal, uh, Weems in it, turns out to be uh, Ansel Gates. That would have been great, Ooh. but no. Uh, we got nothing burger in terms of a reveal. The owner of that creepy house and Dr. Uh, car counselor Kim Potts' dad, <laughs> at least he was another sharply angled middle-aged white man. That that was the theory that did not come up, Zachariah. So A plus on that one for coming yeah. up with that. I mean, I'm sure so, like we just didn't come up with it on the podcast. Right. That we was came not up on with our list a lot of, of many. <laughs> so way to go on that one. Yeah. Uh when it comes to okay, so what is an outcast? I mean <laughs> I'm still not entirely sure. Yeah, yeah. I don't think the show yeah. knows. <laughs> I don't think the show knows yet, which I guess is okay. Well, so like, okay, so when stories use this, right, it's like to appeal to the overall feeling of feeling left out, being different than everyone else, which is a universal feeling, right? So everyone's Mm -hmm. like a, but in this show, they all have, they all do have superpowers. Yeah. And I guess like the Adams family proper thought that, I guess they're hereditary. Sure. And so it's like, we don't know if Wednesday's going to get them, but I guess she's going to get them, but she's an outcast because she's throwing piranhas in pools. Piranha. Piranha. <laughs> <laughs> no, wait, but this is, this is another question that I have. So I, I think we can all just assume that Wednesday got in because she was a legacy student because yeah. both of her parents went to Nevermore and Morticia was a big shot during her time there, but also why? How did Morticia get into Nevermore? How does Gomez get into Nevermore? Because we is like Gomez's never power. Yeah, because we never learned about his power in any way, besides just like being the one example of not all men. But <laughs> that is literally his superpower. That's it. Yeah, just being an upstanding gentleman. Right. But other than that, I'm like, what is? It, we don't get any indication that Gomez is has any powers or any supernatural occurrences he's, that he's like, gotta have something because he's an outcast technically and yeah. his brother has superpowers which are not part of the big four by the way we should point out there has to be other groups of types yeah, but, of yeah. outcasts once is not in any of the groups either no because yeah. she's does she count as like oh she's a raven right so does she count as like a seer like yeah uh, what okay was yeah, the seer I, one of the big four? I can't even remember what the big four Okay, were. so we had sirens, werewolves, vampires. Sure, yeah. And then that <laughs> other category. Miscellaneous. Miscellaneous, yes. The Hufflepuffs. <laughs> <laughs> it might have been the... Re- oh, no, I don't know. Because, no, because telekinesis is a power that, you know, um, clearly someone had at the beginning. Rowan. And- Rowan, thank you. Oh, and yeah, you that can never one. remember that name. Did I? <laughs> Just so forgettable. He looked like a Rowan, too. Like, yeah, that, <laughs> oh, sounds, that looks good. Uh, and uh, so Rowan had that power, but then Wednesday can see things. So, like, I don't know what the, the fourth of the big four is. I just know that they are, are more than oh, four categories. Oh, the stone people. Is the stone oh, right, people. the Gorgons. Oh, yeah. yeah. So then, so the people with telekinesis aren't even in that. Yeah. Or the yeah the the psychics. What category yeah. are they in? I don't understand. It doesn't make any sense. It's an incomplete introduction. Like they don't have to give us one of those mean girl like meet all the different groups. 
unfriendly black hotties is one of the groups. <laughs> um, like, they, don't give us that if you don't have a designation for everybody that goes to the school because it's not just a big four. There are many other people with different powers and we just don't know what they all are yet. Yeah, I almost feel like they wanted us to have like categories because that is like a, a comfort thing of like, okay, there's the big four mm-hmm. in the sh- in the show and that's easier to follow along is that you can kind of like find which of the big four you relate to the most, but then they don't actually mean anything because we never <laughs> see the big four like play into the role. And there are so many characters that are introduced that aren't in any of those categories, but are still a part of Nevermore. And at some point hides were part of right. Nevermore's uh, admissions criteria too. So it was, there's a lot and it, I feel like this explanation of like the big four is like unnecessary. You could have just said it's for like supernatural outcasts or like legacy students or like troublemakers. I don't know. Like it could have, there could have been so many other ways to explain how Nevermore worked than what they ended up actually doing. Yeah. There's multiple times where principal Weems is just like, if this is for all outcasts of all kinds, like, just like lumps everybody together and I was like that would have that would have been great that That would have been fine because the only time we ever see I mean the two groups that have the most influence I think are the sirens because we see the sirens come together to evacuate everyone and then the werewolves playing into Enid's development Mm -hmm. into her own character but uh the gorgons okay so it was just Ajax and he he could have just been a Gorgon on his own. We right. didn't need him to be have friends. We still don't <laughs> understand how he unstones himself. Yeah. No idea. Yeah. And then uh, they totally left the vampires out. So, right. you know, uh, we didn't really need it. I When stuff like this, when we discover stuff like this through podcasting, I always say to myself, just write your stories. It doesn't have to be all figured out. They can still be successful. <laughs> People yeah. will still watch them. It's okay. Yeah. It's like a it's like a creative leap. Just take it. Uh part two of the question. Uh is Timothy Chalamet Burden using lycanthropy is a ham-fisted metaphor for queerness, slash um is the are is being a siren a metaphor for being black? I mean, I know we talked a little bit about this when we were talking about Enid and that uh, conversion therapy episode in terms of like, this is direct queer relation in terms of experience Um, that at least that's what I think they were trying to do. I Mm -hmm. that's not my lived experience, but um, I feel like that's the only way for us to interpret it, though. I would love it if Enid were queer. Um specifically with Wednesday and Bianca. I still ship that throuple <laughs> of people. That would be such a powerful throuple. Would I it? am I would be for it. Yeah, it's just yeah, too, why not? too too sexy, too much power. <laughs> it would bring the school together across <laughs> the groups that don't exist. So true. Did we just discover world peace? <laughs> yes. I think that we did. We did. We did. I'd we be get for it, it, Josh. We can stop um <laughs> PSR can shut down. We have officially reached the goal. The goal of PSR is world peace. Yes. Yes. Oh well. Nobody told me. I didn't get the memo. Oh, sorry. (laughs) 
it was in my contract. Have, we must oh. have left that plot yes. point out and completely oh. kind of forgot. It was about in the, the writer oh. along with me waking up at four thirty a.m. A.m. Yeah. So yes is the answer to those probably, uh, but also yeah. why? That's just I don't another know. question. Yeah, I feel like it's like their way of explaining. There's a there's a name for it for tropes where they like use supernatural yeah explanation it's like oh it's like fantastical homophobia or something like that but it can also like fantastical racism um where they use like things like the outcasts or like the conversion camp for fangs and things like that where they use it to explain issues in like actual real world issues that we discuss um i don't know if it'll necessarily it'll necessarily lead anywhere or if they're going to have Enid be queer in later seasons or if they're just going to be like oh she's not queer but like she almost went to conversion therapy so it's kind of the same thing so I don't know if they're going to actually do anything with that or if it's a something that could be explored in the future but it didn't seem like we really had a lot of queer characters in we didn't have any any okay yeah so not not any out characters. oh yeah oh we had eugene's moms but then that's it oh right yes eugene's moms were great eugene was also great he's Mm -hmm. also in that not all man um, not all men category him and gomez but human b he's a b i love him he's (laughs) so precious but uh, his moms have done a fantastic job with their kid. That was like true. so cute. I want their Christmas card immediately <laughs> or whichever holidays no, they celebrate. It's like one of those with the like this year, Eugene went to Nevermore. And <laughs> I would read all of it, right? <laughs> yes. Yeah, that and makes total sense. Complimentary jar of honey from the backyard. <laughs> it's so cute. Yes. Adorable. So it was adorable. I loved like all of that, but I. I don't know. I don't know if they're, that's something that they're going to explore in the future, but I am always calling for more queer representation. So why not? Let's I get mean, a thruple in there. True Blood already did this, you know? So just watch some episodes of True Blood and then teenagerify <laughs> it and you'll be, you'll be fine. I think it'd be cool. Yeah. It would definitely take us off of the boring like Xavier Wednesday track that we're being set up for in season two. I truly don't get the hype of that because they're like, I'm I'm sure Xavier could be more exciting in different scenarios, but he's just so boring to me. And I don't feel any chemistry between Xavier and Wednesday other than like other than just them, you know, like. I think they'd be good friends, you know, now that they're they have some semblance. Each other, but that's yeah, it. like they have some semblance, but they're not like the enemies to lovers type trope that I'm just like, yes, this is the good stuff right now. It's not, <laughs> it's just like, oh, this is just, this is very boring. Like maybe at most we'll get a season of them together and then break up because they realize like me that this was super boring and not it not it but i i don't know i just i would rather wednesday have no love interest she had better chemistry with the guy that ended up being a serial killer so i just don't yeah and i even as he was like strapped up i'm like yes but like like are you sure they're over because like i felt something (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> I was so like wanting when um she was saying goodbye to everyone and Xavier's like up on the stairs and like looking down and she just like rolls her eyes up and like keeps I was like keep walking keep walking <laughs> like don't even I just wanted don't that to back. be like their scene their last scene of just like well whatever and then move on but no he's like here's a phone and, I'd be like, fine if a boy bought me a new iPhone yeah, I'm men don't buy me phones anymore. It's so sad. No, like anymore. Yeah, anymore. <laughs> men don't buy poor young ladies like myself phones anymore. Yeah, and that is that is the collapse of society. I hate. But it. Also, I feel like if someone actually did that to me in real life, I would be terrified. So don't actually buy women well, phones. For buy me a phone. No, I'm fine with it. Be on that person's plan again. No, Secret. you don't have to put me on the plan. Just like yeah. buy me the physical phone. I'll put it on my own plan. I but would like I'd the car though. Like that yeah. would expense my guilt. That I would be like, it's fine. I'd be great with. If a man ever bought me a car, I'd be like, well, I guess this is it. <laughs> <laughs> I can know? truly do no better now. <laughs> I'm glad we are on the same page. Oh, we're definitely on the same page. Please, the way to my heart is money and gifts. I think everyone should know that about me. I truly, I, I don't like, I don't prescribe to those like what's your love language things, but mm-hmm. I truly think that my love language is gift giving because I do it so often because yeah. words are hard. So I'm just like, here's a <laughs> present. <laughs> don't ask me to say anything ever again, please. Just like here. So I also enjoy gifts. I like when effort is put in. It doesn't necessarily have to be expensive, but like put in effort. Yeah. I feel like it's not that hard. Effort and if it happens to also be expensive. Then yeah. that can also be you put in a lot of effort into getting that card. Your credit card got to work out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Gio, what did you think of the date that Tyler set up for Wednesday? I thought it was so cute and I hate myself for it. This is why I'm still single because it was like, this is such a toxic, toxic relationship, but I'm just like, but I want it to work out. And I know. I felt that the is, same way. I was that like, is put, my up, truth. put up twinkle lights. You know, get a, a movie projector and an actual roll of film. Do it. Be he just wonderful. understands her so well about like what's a what's a horror film to her and what is you know what is the type of date that she would actually agree to and not hate afterwards. Yeah. And it was just so cute, and I just liked Tyler and Wednesday. If 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 it can't be Enid and. Bianca, as we have already discussed, <laughs> like let it be Tyler. And I feel like ugh, I'm very sad about that. They probably won't end up being like the end game relationship. But like he was, he was it. That was it. Was so cute. I was not invested in any of the relationships at all. But that got me. That got me right yeah, there. It was good. I was like, I do. I'd go on that date. That I was that would be be a good one. It was so I, I'm sorry, there's just so much more chemistry between Tyler and Wednesday than Tyler and Xavier. And like I hate love triangle romances in general. Like it's just not a trope that I personally enjoy or am invested in. But the I, I just feel like Tyler and Wednesday are still so superior, even after everything that we learned here. I just am like, no, it can still work out, guys. I promise. <laughs> She yeah, like if he, if he like learns how to like control the hideness, 
Because <laughs> no, yeah, I mean, we spent the entire season. Everyone's voice like goes up way higher because we know what's happening here. We spent, he spent the entire season gaslighting this woman and no, making her no, pretend no. And, and pretending it's me. that he's, I'm like, this woman. <laughs> It was a great, you know, I think she saves her life specifically because her blood is needed for a plan. No, like, I think that it could be bold. And he doesn't remember a lot of the, you know, murder that he committed. So I think it could still work out guys. Like here is how the patriarchy works. People look at how <laughs> she can fix him guys. I swear. <laughs> Oh my god. Uh, yeah. I'm sorry. I'm just really sad that like that was the road that it went down and that I can't like the road that we are going to go down is just so boring. Maybe this is why I'm single because I I still ship Wednesday and Tyler after everything everything I mean, that I, ended up blame the show for not yeah. giving us any better options than a, an actual serial murderer who I mean, Turns into a monster. I feel, like, I feel like the Adams family would be all for that, though. No, I definitely, I, definitely yeah. in the 1990s movie. Maybe they're a little soft <laughs> now, but they they loved their serial killers back then. Yeah. I mean, Fester's in the family, so. right? But he's yes. not trying to kill Wednesday, which is what this guy tried to sure, do. Sure, sure. I'm not saying that he doesn't need therapy. I'm not saying he doesn't need to like figure this stuff out. All I'm saying. Is that there's better chemistry between the two of them? <laughs> I mean, no, yes. you're right. If we're just talking about who, which couple has the best chemistry, then it's Tyler and Wednesday, hands down. That is correct. I'm just saying, I'm not still shipping them now that I know that he is a homicidal maniac. They look just like everyone else, except when they don't, because they transform into a freaking hide. Well, but do you I think, wish oh- I had the strength that you did, Natalia, <laughs> but I'm still like. No, you're no, young. No. You're very he young. He yeah, listen, get it, it did it. It he can't remember. He was under <laughs> Laurel's control. It could mm-hmm. still work out. Okay. Oh, it's Laurel's fault. It is Laurel's <laughs> fault. Wow. <laughs> I know. <laughs> this is the podcast that I get canceled on. <laughs> no, you'll be fine. We did, totally a lot. we did a lot during this episode. We achieved world peace. Yeah. Yes. Done. So we can walk it back a little bit yes. with the patriarchy hand in hand. Yes. <laughs> the Venn I, diagram been... <laughs> that exists <laughs> of things on this podcast that happened. Yes. Well, I mean, all I'm going to say is going into season two, uh, somebody knew better come in the picture because I will get bored with Xavier. Yeah. That's that's at the end of the day. And if some if something could happen, something could happen is all I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm not going to say it won't be entertaining to watch it. You know? Yeah. I'll, I'll watch that. Yeah. But he has into- a lot a, a long road to climb yeah. for that yeah. to happen. If we are getting into all of Wednesday's options, if we are talking about also like Eugene? the queerness of no. like, yeah, <laughs> I was like with like Enid and yeah. yeah, like and or Bianca and or Bianca, like infinitely better characters than Xavier. And I'd be so down for that if that was, you know, I I've heard about when Claire people wanting Enid and uh, Wednesday to get together i'm not opposed to it 
Yeah. yeah. It would yeah. be good. Why not? Yeah, sure. Well, <laughs> ladies. <laughs> a goes- human shrug emoji. Yes. <laughs> Uh, is there anything else that we haven't talked about when it comes to this here show Wednesday? You know, it's going to come back. Um, it's going to come back. It's going to come back. Like, this is a guaranteed season two, unless Jenna Ortega quits after she looks at all the interviews she's given about the show. <laughs> she, um, is there anything specific you're looking forward or for in uh, season two? I hope we get more of the Adams family and a little more expansion on the Nevermore world itself. I just think the things that I really like about the show are the ensemble cast, the, the worlds that they are starting con- to construct, but haven't fully figured out yet. And also just more of the Adams family, something I didn't actually say before. I think that the whole family is really well cast. So mm-hmm. that is, something like Catherine Zeta Jones, uh Louis Guzman and uh I don't know the actor's name that plays Hugsley. Hugsley, but I think they were I think they were all great. Yeah. And obviously Jenny Ortega was also great, but like that's like the whole purpose of the show is just yeah. be like <laughs> the titular role. Over. Yes. <laughs> like obviously she was great, but the whole family I think was really well cast and did their job really well. Even the flashback Gomez and Morticia were also fantastic so Mm -hmm. I would just love to see more of that cast because they were excellent do you think we are opening the door to that because school's canceled for the next however many times until they get a new principal like indefinitely (laughs) I don't know because part of me was thinking maybe the next season is just going to focus on the Adams family because they're on this long hiatus, but I don't know. I can't imagine them just completely abandoning Nevermore and all of mm-hmm. these side characters that we have found with like Wednesday's classmates and the people in Jericho. So I imagine we're going to get things revisited, but I'm hoping that it does mean we are going to get a little more focus on the Adams family in season two. Yeah, that would be good to see. Yeah. Oh, Tanya, I know you shared some thoughts on the last pod, but anything else that has come to mind since then in regards to season two? It'll be interesting to see what or who the villain is um, for, for this upcoming season, like how they're going to run back the whole Detective Wednesday trope uh, of it all mm. uh, and, and see how that goes for her. Um, they maybe do have room to do like one or two episodes with the actual family uh, if school's out for a bit before she heads back to Nevermore and gets back in with all of the folks there. Uh, we can obviously like see some new adults coming in uh, to like, you know, take over the two, like the principal and the teacher role. Although I guess they don't technically need a botany class. Um, that is an elective if I ever heard of one. So <laughs> carnivorous plant. Plants. <laughs> that that even used. Like, she didn't use that as part of her evil scheme just for no reason carnivorous plants no. uh i would so. love to take a class on carnivorous plants sure personally. okay that would, be, that would be awesome all right i would learn so much i'm sure i would too again definition of an elective um they do they do need a new therapist though they do, they do. They, yeah. so many people died so many people are like there are rules to and a new ma- yeah wait what is the rule if a mayor dies 
the vice. Is Lucas mayor now? Mayor? Oh, no, but oh, he no. probably inherited Pilgrim World. <laughs> or he's been through enough. Marissa. Yeah, seriously. I know. Yeah, but that's his birthright. So there you go. Uh, talk about inheriting an empire that is okay. flawed. Okay, okay. If he burns it, if he burns it down, that he's not going to get any insurance money. That I don't. But the symbolism. It would looks be great. like he has like a. His mom was there too. Like yeah. she was like yeah. a side character in it. So he's not an orphan, but we really didn't see a lot of her. So I just hope that Tyler's father does not become the mayor. Because Ooh. it's a small town and it's not very big of a jump to go from the sheriff should be the mayor. The sheriff to mayor pipeline. Is exactly. <laughs> I'm very uh, curious. I don't yeah. I don't even know how I really feel about Tyler's dad. I can't even remember his name. So that doesn't matter. He's it dead doesn't now. Um, he's dead. And now we have Wait, to he fill- died. The sheriff died. Oh, no, you said Tyler's father. I thought you said Lucas's father. Oh, yeah. No, yeah, no, he's alive still, unfortunately. He's alive. Yeah, I don't know how I feel about Tyler's dad. Lucas's dad was fine, but, like, why are you, as a black man, running a place called Pilgrim World? (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Thank you. Ex-police officer, now mayor. This was my whole question. (laughs) I am so so confused. I don't understand. Yeah, it's just a persistent question, much like why the cop keeps DMing me. (laughs) <laughs> uh, that I refuse to go on a date with. Um, so yeah, I want to see Wednesday refuse to go on a date with several people. I want to see them. Uh, I want to see what they're going to end up doing because I don't think Christina Ricci's character died. She was just swarmed by bees and tried to shoot them. She was them. stomped on. Yeah, she was, she she was stomped curb with stomped those two hundred and seventy-five dollars shoes. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I'd like to see more of the mischief and the mayhem. Uh, that goes on and I I if they do bring Uncle Fester back which they probably will I don't want to see him eat anything because everything <laughs> that he almost ate or did eat was disgusting and I don't want to see it I did love seeing not Uncle, Uncle Fester eating but I did love seeing the relationship between Wednesday and, Fe- and Fester yes they had yeah. such a great pond the way that her you know obviously she doesn't smile most throughout the series but the way she lights up when she sees uncle fester again and it's just very clear that they have a strong bond and i love that i love the wholesome family relationships Mm -hmm. yeah i think for me i'd love to see one of the things that i always loved about wednesday adams was that she's a sister and the way that she protects pugsley and we didn't we got some of that but we didn't get a lot a lot of that so in this vacation from school or whatever if she's able to team up with pugsley and get into some mischief i think that would be good Mm -hmm. um because that is like like, a strong part of her character i do like this interpretation of pugsley a lot too he's like a little in touch with his emotions he's going through some stuff right now but he's a good egg i like pugsley well i think we have come to the end of wrapping it up here on the wednesday podcast is there anything one last call anything else we want to talk about i think we're good all right we did it we did it thanks again to gia for coming and joining us on this podcast where else could people hear you podcasting or talk see you talking on the internet everywhere but (laughs) you can follow me on twitter at classically gia for all of my tv 
shenanigans, mostly reality TV, but we get a couple scripted shows in there every once in a while. Mm-hmm. Um, and while this is not a Survivor podcast, one of the main projects that I do is helping oversee the Survivor Diversity Campaign Twitter page. So I do implore people, if you are a Survivor fan or are thinking about becoming a Survivor fan, follow the Survivor Diversity Campaign page on Twitter at, um, at Surf Diversity. That's at S-U-R-V Diversity. Um, here on Post Show Recaps, I also do the Abbott Elementary podcast with Chappelle. It has been such a great season for season two of mm-hmm. Abbott Elementary, and it's now Golden Globe nominated Abbott Elementary, as they deserve. Yes. And we're on a little bit of a hiatus now, but this is all the more time to catch up on the podcast and on the show before season two starts up again in, I think it's January. So enjoy that. Uh, give us five stars and tell people how funny and amazing we are. Like. <laughs> Just normal stuff, the stuff that rolls off the tongue, you know? Mm -hmm. And then over on Silent Podcast, I am finishing up the Survivor 43 43 recap this week. There's so much to talk about after this finale, but that is my podcast. I don't know about that. Also on there, I just finished Mm -hmm. up recording the the final episode of Sister Act, which was our Claim to Fame recap podcast, which I did with my sister, Ariana, and that was such a treat. I'm almost done editing the episode, so that should be posted soon. And then finally, I'm also concluding doing Inside Survivor in... we're doing our weekly roundups for Survivor 43, me and Christine Palin. And we have one more to go before we have a little hiatus before 44. And keep an eye out on my Twitter because we have some announcements coming up for projects that I'll be taking on during the off season. Do you need someone to sing in an announcement song for you when the announcements come out? Because Latanya, <laughs> I've got one in the hopper. She's got Ready one for go. you. Ready you to- know, I'm always looking to work to work with Latanya. So any <laughs> any any which way that we can get you involved with these future projects, absolutely. Thanks again, Gia. Wonderful, Latanya. Other than uh, singing announcement songs across the internet, yeah. Uh, what are you up to these? Thank days? you to everyone who supported that idea. Yeah. <laughs> It was well loved. Yeah, it was something that people started to comment on. And so uh, I'll have to break it out again on a Marissa podcast, Marissa LT podcast. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, We just released here at Post Show Recaps the 2022 Year in Review podcast for Atlanta, uh, which had two seasons this year. Um, So we talked about seasons three and four, me, Mari, and Chappelle. Chappelle's just everywhere, too. Um, and, uh, Mm -hmm. if you all want to talk about what the, we got y'all crew should cover in the future, then please, uh, fill out that 2022 year in review survey and let us know what we should be doing, what we should be covering and how we should be covering it. If you've enjoyed our podcasting so far, I, uh, also just finished recording the Andor slash Star Wars year in review which had four different shows three of which i have seen um, one of which i totally forgot about because the marketing <laughs> was that bad so you can check that out um that'll be coming to you soon as well as a house of the dragon which i almost called hot dragon but that's not the same thing um house of the dragon 2022 year in review podcast that i'm going to be doing with grace and a couple other people is going to be coming your way soon um and uh 
in the new year, I will be involved in the coverage for The Last of Us. I can't tell you exactly how that's going to be happening, but I can tell you that I will be a part of it. Um, and there's going to be a big announcement coming out soon about how we're covering that show that I think people will enjoy if they are fans of our House of the Dragon coverage. Um, you can find me talking about all of this stuff and more, um, especially Watermelon LaCroix, which I had for the first time today on Twitter um, at LK Starks. And then you can follow me for um, pictures of things that I'm doing when I'm out there touching grass, as the young people say. Um, on Instagram, at uh, that's what they say when you're actually I, doing something. I don't oh, know. Is that the, oh, is that yeah? When you're out and about and like, actually wow. communing with nature, becoming one with the outsides, you're touching grass. I mean, uh, yes. See me do that <laughs> on Instagram. Um, Stormborn twelve twenty two over there, and yeah, just generally enjoying the end of the year vibes. So, Marissa, yeah, what do you have going on? Well. I am uh, being stalked by Catherine Zeta-Jones <laughs> as I am currently podcasting about the National Treasure show, National Treasure Edge of History on um, <laughs> Disney+. Plus. Catherine Zeta-Jones is in there. I don't know what accent she picked up this time around, but she's there. <laughs> I'd like to listen to her uh, and listen to me and just talk about that show. Uh, it comes out once a week. Podcasts come out on Thursdays. Um, other than that, I am wrapping up Mediapedia, which is a patron-only podcast that we produce here on Post Show Recaps. You can gain access to that and more exclusive podcasts by going to patreon.com slash recaps or postshowrecaps.com slash patreon, whichever you prefer. And if you sign up at any level, you get access to those podcasts. And then I'm sure there will be new stuff in the new year and you can find out what's up with me on Twitter at MarsBars, M-A-R-Z-B-A-R-S. And I guess I have to learn like the new things that the new kids say, because I'm not touching grass until at least like <laughs> April or something like that, because <laughs> the snow's already on the ground here. So, mm-hmm. but I do just want to send out a big thank you to everyone who has listened, especially if you've listened this far in this podcast, but if you've listened this far um, along the way as our journey of Wednesday unfolded, I really, really appreciate. I know Latanya also does um, in the the support and feedback that we get on um, our podcast. It's always fun to podcast yeah. with Latanya and we're glad, so glad that you're with us for the, the ride. And until next time, stay spooky. <laughs>